Hello, and welcome to the Four Bronx Community Podcast. My name is Laura Levine Pinedo, and I am the founder and the director of the Four Bronx Project. My journey has led me to such amazing neighbors with such interesting stories, and I am ready to share them with you. I invite you to join us as we meet members of our community, such as small business owners and so much more. Let's support local, and let's have a cup of tea together and chat about all things community. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. Today we are joined by Diego Leon, aka Dandy in the Bronx. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. So I have to read your bio. I love it. <laughs> I'm looking at these pictures. I'm like fanning myself here. Oh my gosh. Diego was born in the Bronx, raised in the Bronx, and devotes much of his time to supporting causes and businesses in the Bronx. His devotion to menswear began in the world of early childhood education, where as a preschool teacher, he dressed well every day so that his students would feel comfortable in the uniforms they were required to wear. His interest in menswear was further piqued by the positive impact his fashion had on his students, so he dove into Tumblr, Instagram, and various blogs to learn more about menswear, past and present. Soon he'd be inspired to influence the future of menswear as well. Delving into the world of men's fashion started simply enough by slowly documenting his new style and getting feedback from others. It wasn't long before he'd moved from dressing this way in his professional life to his social life as well, which included local electronic music shows. His fashionable reputation grew in those communities, especially when his new friends noticed he could mosh even while wearing a tailored suit. (laughs) Dressing well at social events led to further inspiration. Diego soon met Nathaniel Adams, an electronic musician who identified as a dandy. Several conversations and hours of independent research later, Dandy in the Bronx was born. Instagram proved to be an effective showcase for this new identity. As Diego shared more of his style, he found like-minded people and businesses and decided to pursue this passion full-time. Dandy in the Bronx attaches his work to brands and causes that he believes in, and he encourages others to support those brands. He displays projects and pieces that are worth an investment, clothing that strikes the perfect balance of price and class. Quality may come with cost, but one should always consider value. This balanced approach makes Dandy in the Bronx accessible to a wide clientele, bringing high-end material to the struggling communities he's always worked with. A storyteller at heart, Diego is interested in the narratives behind brands and causes, where their work came from, why they do it, who they serve, and how long they've been following their passion. With an emphasis on mission and a connection to historically underserved groups, Dandy in the Bronx is proud to have collaborated with groups as diverse as the US Open, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, GQ, Make Space, Qatar Airways, Macy's, Express, and more. Indeed, Dandy in the Bronx works with a major to the independent, with work as much as play and from local to global and back, connecting each pair with a focus on quality. At its core, Dandy in the Bronx is about bringing the best of the world to the Bronx and bringing the best of the Bronx to the world. It is a project of substance as much as it is of style. Well, good morning. (laughs) I have so many questions after reading this. Oh my gosh. So you were at a show and you met a musician. What is a dandy? So, yeah, dandy is an old English term. Just, you know, the crux of it is a a gentleman who cares about their appearances, who dresses up in a certain way all the time, makes it their life. And I've wanted to pursue that, basically. And now I may call myself dandy in the Bronx, but, you know, uh, it's you know something I'm still trying to do, trying to be a a dandy or try to be dandy. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I wanted to be a dandy 
in the Bronx. Well, to me, I mean, wait till you guys see. He's so dapper and like, <laughs> you are a dandy for sure. Um, and I feel very underdressed. So I want to go back into Diego's um, early childhood. You're Bronx boy. Yeah, born and raised in the Bronx, Hunts Point. Uh, I went to St. John Chrysostom, and I went to Cardinal Hayes. Okay, all right. So, like, what were some of your favorite experiences, like, growing up in the Bronx? You know, growing, uh, growing up in the Bronx was, you know... You know, honestly, it was kind of it was kind of hard for me. Uh, my parents always kept me very sheltered. They never let me go outside. Honestly, um, always with uh, adult supervision. It was, you know, I remember those days where I'm sure that everyone had this experience. Like, oh, you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be uh, the bloods are out, so don't wear red or you know, don't wear blue or don't wear whatever. You know, uh, moments like that. So I'm still scarred. I don't go out on mission yeah, night, October 30th. Look, it's yeah, you know. it's it's crazy out there and I I always had that you know on the back of my mind uh, even going you know going to high school whatever I was always still you know I became a big nerd honestly I would just stay home play video games uh, didn't drink didn't party didn't do anything like that until college you're every mother's but, dream <laughs> and then you went crazy in college yeah, I went, and I went crazy in college but uh, yeah no it was, it was pretty 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 sheltered um, you know the Bronx always had that bad rap you're, you know the par- my parents you know would always be like you gotta be careful out there you know you gotta you know don't go out too late all that stuff so that always stuck with me and, and it was only until I became uh, more of an adult and I was able to, you know, come back to the Bronx with an adult mindset, I was able to truly appreciate what my neighborhood had to offer, also how the changes has been happening in the community as well, and just being able to just integrate myself when I couldn't before when I was younger. Right, right. Now, you have a very special connect- connection to the 6 train, correct? Yeah, I love the 6 train. You I love the 6 train. I, I know people hate the 6 train. I know there's crazy well, stories J-Lo of the 6 train. Well, J-Lo made millions on the 6 train, <laughs> on honey. On the 6. So I know, I know, I know. Millions. <laughs> <laughs> so, the primary hub for Dandy in the Bronx is the Hunts Point Avenue station on the 6 train line. This subway station serves as Diego's gateway to the world and the world's gateway back to the Bronx. As a Bronxite, you are accustomed to traveling long distances to make important connections, and the 6 train has become an invaluable tool even a friend in this process yeah you know it's you know it's always crazy to me when I hear people especially people who've moved into the city and they say things like oh I walk to work that's always been like crazy to me because I've always been used to traveling 40 minutes an hour to get to anywhere especially you know being if you know in Hunts Point in the Bronx that um to get to anywhere, to go to to go to work, to go to meetings, to go to events, to go to meet, go to friends' houses, it would be taking the train, taking the bus, taking the six train. So, um, it was my everyday. It's my it was my key. It was my way to get everywhere. So whenever I hear people mention like, oh, they hate taking the bus, they hate taking the train, it just it made me crazy. Yes, of course, the train sucks. Let's, don't, let's not get it twisted. Right. But it, it was my way to get everywhere. And, it, you know, that's what makes our city special. The fact that we have access to this, you know, whether, it, yes, it's not perfect, but without it, it would be really tough. What's the craziest thing you've seen, but it's just the epitome of New York on the six train? I can't tell you because it's not safe for work. Like, it's, it's just all these things like, you know, 
people saying very crazy stuff. Um, uh, may, this might get me in trouble, but I hate Showtime. You know, when Showtime happens, you know, because I've, I've been very in situations where I almost get kicked in the face because of Showtime. Like dogs with symbols slapping. Like, yeah, I prefer that, honestly. I, I, I prefer that, you know. <laughs> I just feel like sometimes Showtime, like, it's, it's you might get just hit in the face sometimes. And, you know, I'm always scared about that. Uh, but, uh, no, I've, I've, there's things I just can't repeat because it's just, it's like, just, we'll it's We'll have to do it after dark. Yeah, no, for real. Not safe for work. Um, yeah. But uh, it's uh, a lot of crazy stuff I've heard, things have been said to me, um, and also to my friends as well. So it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy out there. Do you have any there. advice for someone who's new to New York? Like, on any train, mm-hmm. if, like, kind of, like, mind your business, you know, oh, how do you yeah. avoid this? Because they can be very aggressive sometimes. Like, what's your... My, my biggest tip when I, when people tell me, like, oh, I'm going to visit New York City, what should I do? Um, dress conservatively, you know, don't look like a tourist. I think that's the biggest thing, because you can tell people are tourists just by looking at them a lot, you know, most of the time. Don't wear an I Love New York shirt. Don't wear an I Love New York shirt, yeah. <laughs> don't wear New York City branding on you. Don't, New York don't, Police Department. Yeah, exactly. Oh my, yeah, do not wear that, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. Don't look like an obvious tourist, you know, you know, carrying those giant backpacks, you know, a lot of fanny packs or whatever. Even though crossbody bags are trending right now, but, like, the obvious fanny packs you know, big backpacks. Uh, even if you're traveling with your entire family, don't make it obvious that you're like visiting or whatever. Like it just makes it super duper obvious. And also, don't look at the people. Don't look at people in the face. Don't stare. Uh, keep to yourself. Make sure that your eyes are, you know, keeping to yourself pretty much. Right, right. I mean, I I definitely agree with that as well. Um, you know, also like don't be flashy. Don't wear your you know, don't wear your jewels and your diamonds. You know, it's not the no, place like, for that. Not, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press against that because, like, I, that's one thing I love about New York is people's style, their fashion, right. their aesthetic. And there's people who dress super duper flashy, wear some amazing outfits, you know, maybe have tons of jewelry on or whatever. But it's also about confidence. Right. You know, like, if you come in, you know, with an, even an inkling that, like, something is off, then someone might take advantage of that. But if you're going to come in all bombastic or whatever also no one's going to challenge you either you know so like it's almost like a, a yin and a yang either be very quiet the people right. ignore you or be the loudest person on the train so it's either either or don't be in the middle you got to be quiet or be, I started talking to myself to avoid situations before be the main character exactly, be the main Exa- character. exactly. in life be the main character mm-hmm. and on the subway too so today to get here you took the six so today, actually, I had to take various trains. I had to take, I took uh, the two train uh-huh. down into Manhattan and then the one train uptown. Oh my uptown. God, yeah. our little humble abode here. <laughs> so, um, all right, we went into like, what made you start Dandy? What is a Dandy? Um, you know, so style. Do you feel now the Bronx is the epitome of style? Do you not? What are your plans to kind of like make it a thing and, and bring this glamour to the Bronx? Well, the Bronx, you know, obviously, you know, the birth of hip hop, you know, all these musicians came from the Bronx. All these style icons came from the Bronx. Uh, it is definitely one of the many hubs I think people should look towards for inspiration, for fashion, for style, for anything like that. Um, the thing about the Bronx is there's so many cultures, so many, so much diversity here. So many people just trying new things out, you know, up and coming fashion designers. People are just trying new things out. And for me, you know, I 
I don't wear streetwear that much, but this is my personal style, and that's something I want people to associate when you think of the Bronx. Not just that it has really cool hip-hop and streetwear, but look, there's other people who are dressing different ways, and they come from the Bronx, and not to just pigeonhole our entire borough into one specific thing. Right, right. No, and I love it. Um, but like, what would your advice be for somebody who maybe they don't have a lot of money, maybe they want to dress this way, or even some a young man or a man right now in the borough of the Bronx that has a job interview and doesn't have money, like, are there any tips or suggestions, like thrift shops? Like, Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Where yeah. have you found, like, really good pieces, like, on a budget? I, I think most people need to remember that um, it's not about the clothing doesn't make you it's you who makes the clothing and to start off of anyone's wardrobe thrifting is always the way to go and especially if you know that perhaps maybe your church has like a um, what's the word I'm looking for yard sale or, or equivalency or like that I found some awesome churches I've done some yard sales or like they're just getting rid of things and find some like three piece suit for like ten dollars or something and and then you have to make friends with your local dry cleaner who happens to be a tailor as well. I think Ooh. people forget that you can go get alterations done at the dry cleaner. Now you can get some really simple alterations like, you know, getting the waist, you know, tucked in. Maybe your pants are too long, you know, get that. You get your shirt, maybe it's too baggy. You, anything, technically, you can get fixed at your dry cleaner. You just got to tell them what you want to be done. So even if you find something baggy or oversized at your local uh, thrifting uh, place you can always get it altered and it's usually not that crazy too like the amount of money you'll be spending there is way cheaper than going to a you know big retailer and finding a, a three-piece suit there that's you know quote-unquote new um, as also uh, Marshalls I think Marshalls I think people for you know okay. sleep on as well oh, we love Marshalls Marsh yeah. you know, Marshalls it's it's almost like thrifting um, Marshalls I think most people know the way uh, Marshalls gets clothing it's pretty much all the clothing that other companies can't sell <laughs> you, know, they're, they're, they can't, you know get rid of so they end up in Marshalls I remember um, I went to Marshalls recently and I got I think a Club Monaco shirt there for like $10 right yeah so because and it's just as you know invigorating finding the right deal, the right thrift. I think a lot of people like thrifting as well because just the hunt for it, the just hunt. just going out there and just exactly. trying to find those rare pieces. Exactly. It's like a prize. Exactly. A yeah, ex hunt. exactly. It is a treasure hunt. So same thing. When you go to Marshall's, finding those rare pieces, like finding a blazer for like $20, and then if it doesn't fit you, take it to your local dry cleaner to get it altered. So my recommendation is if you're trying to, you know, just start off your wardrobe, start... Um, with thrifting or if you're lucky maybe you have a grandparent or a dad who used to dress a certain way and you know raid their closet take advantage of it and see if there's any pieces that fit you and get that stuff altered as well right and like because I've seen men um, I don't know if you would agree with me that you look at the suit and just looks so cheap <laughs> do you know what I mean like yeah. it's shiny and yeah. it has like the pinstripe but it's like, just of like course, of course. is it polyester yeah. yeah so look there's nothing look there's a lot of you know clothing nowadays made of polyester I get it you know and and it all depends on how they, they they cut it or whatever, you know, because yes, polyester is used for a lot of these companies, you know, as a cost saving um, method, but depending on how it's used, it could be okay, but you are correct. I think for with, in those methods, in those situations where it looks quote unquote cheap is just that it's maybe isn't fitted correctly or maybe it's not sized correctly for them. So for someone who might be wearing that quote unquote cheap suit, that polyester suit, maybe getting it, you know, altered 
take it to a dry cleaner. Maybe the pants are too long. Maybe it's a little bit too baggy. Even though baggy is trending right now, or is wide really? leg, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. baggy and and wide leg pants are really trending right now for men. Um, so maybe it's a little bit too too baggy, where it right. looks a little bit crazy. Uh, maybe getting it, you know, tapered a little bit, so it doesn't look like it's the pant you're swimming in those pants. So <laughs> parachute. Pants. Yeah. Hey, look. Hey, parachute pants seen, might. I've seen them. Parachute pants might be coming back too. Get those MC Hammer pants, Freddie. Get, get them out. Get them out. You know, straight legged suit where it's fitted. You know, but then I see some men. I'm like, oh my god, can they breathe? This this is so tight. That's very true too. So that's like the reverse. That's the actual reverse because it was skinny suits were the thing. I think maybe right. like two or three years ago. So as we know, fashion is cyclical. Yeah. So. You know, in the early 90s, very baggy, and in response to the bagginess, it went super skinny. Now we're in the moment in time right now, in the fashion timeline, we're now leaving the skinny back into baggy right now. So we're like right. in between skinny, baggy. Yeah. Maybe in a couple of years, we're gonna go full on baggy again. And then a couple of years of that, and we're probably going to go back into skinny. But my my situate my my recommendation here is, when you're in those in between fashion moments, just stick stick to the middle. You know, don't go don't go skinny. Like right now, can we, I think we can all agree skinny is dead right I've now. I've never skinny. gone skinny in my okay, life. Okay, so perfect. Candy. There you go. You, trendsetter <laughs> right here. She's advan she's no, advancing. You know, it's perfect. There you go. So. Um, skip on skinny and think of relaxed, you know, athletic fit. Um, or if you're feeling adventurous, go for wide leg and baggy. But do not go skinny at this moment in time. Do not go skinny. Yes. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's great. So um, I love this. I could speak about fashion all day. And now that we're talking about it, I do notice that, like, I see the trouser coming back in style like this kind of like the chunky shoes like mm -hmm. I don't know how old you are I'm 33 so in the 90s those chunky loafers are coming back but I'm talking about women I don't really no no I there's a lot of uh, so spoilers I'm 38 last time I checked oh my god you look yeah, so yeah. young moisturize and sunscreen oh, every day please gosh. please do the most important <laughs> accessory sunscreen my yes. friends <laughs> um, uh, but yeah uh, in terms of you know you just mentioned um, women's wear um, I'm 5'7 around 150 on a good day and I um, sometimes I will look at the women's section for certain pieces now um, actually I just found this really cool sweater found on Amazon in the women's section and I got a large it's like a nice chunky sweater but in terms of like loafers and stuff like that yeah chunky is a is a thing as well like I always recommend that first try it you know, like if it works for you, if you feel comfortable in it, because at the end of the day, it's how you feel in the piece of clothing. If you feel that chunky works for you and you feel strong, you feel confident, then rock it. Because I think the issue is when people wear clothing just because it's trendy or because, you know, they're kind of forced into it, that's when people start hating their outfits or it looks like they look weird in it. Right. Because there's a lot of like, quote unquote, you know, um, traditionally beautiful people who wear like garbage but they look good in it because they just exude this confidence right. in them you know so if you're gonna wear something just believe in it first because right. people can tell that immediately if you don't feel in what you're wearing and if you are on a budget invest in the classic pieces and then you know those more trendier items you can get like discounted exactly yeah. yeah so think about the things that are quote-unquote timeless you know right um that's why you have to can't go 
too far in between whatever's trending right now. As I mentioned before, how skinny and like we're in the between of skinny and baggy right now. So being in between, you know, you can also look into the past as well as a frame of reference. That's why things like 70s style always comes back. 50s styles always come back. You can technically wear that forever, I think, you know, as, you know, Earth still is Earth at they this moment in time. They love the vintage sweaters that say Aspen. Exactly. Like, yeah, that that awesome. that technically will never you know go out of style. Like for example, watch like watch the movie um, the one with Lady Gaga and Gucci, the Gucci movie that, oh, that happened yeah, about Versace. Yeah, Versace. No, House of Gucci. It was Gucci. It was Gucci. It was Gucci. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like everything there, you can wear that forever. Like everything that was in that movie, technically, even though that movie was in like in the past. Right. You know. So like look towards old movies. Look towards like old actresses from the past just for some inspiration old TV shows like I'll look at like Mad Men Peaky Blinders for some random inspiration there because technically all that yes it, it is a lot of the cuts may have been adapted for a more modern audience but you can still wear that today within certain reasons like the trousers and stuff like that and not look out of place right I was going to actually bring into this what do you look for inspiration do you have like influencers that you follow you like to watch old movies yeah yeah, so I, when I first started, it was a lot of watching movies, TV shows, video games, cartoons, and stuff like that, just to get some inspiration, because I truly did not know how to dress myself. My mom dressed me for a large portion of my life, you know? She would buy me the clothing, buy me the jeans. You know, actually thinking about it in the past, like, I was wearing a lot of baggy jeans back then, so man, if I still had those, I would be ahead of the curve right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it would be like watching, um, like, Mad Men, or, you know, watching those shows, watching old movies, and just drawing inspiration from them. And then going to websites and Googling, like, uh, typing in old-fashioned guy, you know, watching, you know, old-fashioned men's catalog. Um, I actually had a, a friend of mine gave me these old catalogs from Banana Republic mm-hmm. before they were owned by The Gap. And when Banana Republic at the time used to actually sell to, like, for safari missions and stuff like that. Now, so Banana Republic used to be a retailer that actually catered to adventurers and who would actually go on safaris and stuff like that. They're actually kind of coming back to their roots nowadays for their, you know, current... Uh, current lineup but like looking at those old stuff and then drawing inspiration saying what was in my closet that can match up to that or how were they cut in a certain way that kind of matched up into that and then just try it out and just make it a part of me I just wore it all the time until you know my friends just saw me as the guy who would just wear that clothes all the time it just became a part of me that it didn't become weird anymore right do you have like um I don't say amused but like is there like an old school actor that you were like wow the this guy, I love Clark Gable. I think oh, man. he was, like. Do you have like an inspiration, like old school? Uh, you know, I, I couldn't tell you like off the top of my head, but I do remember being younger and then having randomly on TV like. Um, like uh, old school like TBS you know AMC on and they would have like the old school movies on and I would like randomly like Casablanca would be open like in the background or something and to be to be frank you know I was younger I didn't know what I was watching (laughs) you know I didn't know what was happening there but I did know I did think that those guys look cool and at least to me, and I was like, "How do how do you dress that way? How do you buy that?" And you can, right. and, and um, only it was until I like left college and I like had my own job and I had my own disposable income, I was able to like pursue those things. Right, right. 
No, it's all interesting. And like my grandmother always used to watch those movies. They're the best movies to fall asleep to. <laughs> oh, yeah, on the same coin as that, you know, also with my, with my, in my family, you know, I'm Latino. So like having uh, novelas in the background and like those guys also dressed very sharp, like old right. school novelas and stuff like that. So all that, you know, combined, you know, really gave me a picture of like, I want to kind of dress like this. I love those novelas, which is pure drama. <laughs> I love it. Angie has a question. Yeah, that kind of led... Please tell me that you have a guayavero. Guayavero. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I've, I've worked actually, luckily, in my, in my career, I've worked a couple of brands that provide me a guayavera. And I love being able to, like, go back and be like, now I can actually tap into, you know, I'm Ecuadorian, so I can tap into South American culture. And it's not necessarily my culture, but being able to um, reflect that in my in my style because in menswear, this is very, you know, European. It's very, you know, it's white. It's very white. So being able to find menswear in different cultures or, you know, like for example, like a fedora, you know, fedoras are very, actually are very South American actually. So um, the Panama hat. Now, right. now let's, here's a little, here's a little, little test. Panama hat. What country invented the Panama hat? You would think Panama. Spoilers. It's not Panama. It's not Panama. Not Cuba, Ecuador. Ecuador invented the Panama hat. And um, it happened during the gold rush. So during the gold rush, um, they were working the Panama Canal, you know, getting that gold. And uh, 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 Ecuadorian merchants would, you know, go up there to sell the, the miners there these hats to protect them from the sun. And because they're in Panama, they just, it just colloquially started getting named Panama hat. Um, but an authentic Panama hat is made in Ecuador. But like being able to now share that knowledge, being able to like, you know, uh, share that information, I feel like it's, a, it's a now being able to make the world a much smaller place. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Panama needs to stop taking credit for this <laughs> hat. Okay, Panama. Yeah, it just the name Fun sucks. Fun fact, yeah. Andy, I'm going to tell you, this year in May, I flew to Panama City, mm-hmm. Panama, not Florida. <laughs> um, with my husband, we stayed for one night. Is that the most craziest thing you've that ever That sounds heard? super cool. I love that idea. Crazy. Anyway, but it was a great... It was great. Yeah. Yeah, but they t- they totally like think that they invented the Panama hat. So you, we got to take a flight over there and tell them otherwise. <laughs> so I found you because um, the four Bronx, like you started reposting things that we do. Now we're very Bronx based. We uh, serve this borough of the Bronx. We relocate services and resources. And I, you started like resharing it. And I was like very humbled by this because I'm like, here I am, little, little beans. And this we're like, all little beans influencer, here. Little beans. No, 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 you're not little beans. Like started sharing and promoting like the stuff that we were doing. And I saw, you know, then I start looking at your Instagram and you actually like you do an amazing job of highlighting businesses here in the Bronx. Thank you. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, like I when I first started Day Andy in the Bronx, when I started looking at social media, I, I didn't really see a lot of people who looked like me who were doing this at the time. And I also didn't see a lot of people from the Bronx doing this at the time, of course. Um, everyone was from Brooklyn, everyone's from Manhattan, everyone's from Carajo land, everyone's from everywhere, you know, for real, you know? for real, everyone's from everywhere, you know, a long time. you know, am I, am I wrong, am I wrong, yeah. you know, like, so I, at the time I was like, I want to put my, my hat in the ring here, and I also wanted to make it obvious that I'm from the Bronx, so that's why I chose the moniker Dandy in the Bronx to do this. So I always wanted to showcase the Bronx, because everyone's going to these cool restaurants in Brooklyn, cool restaurants in Manhattan, but what about cool places in the Bronx, you know? So 
um, I'm very lucky that I have these restaurants who reach out to me or who I reach out to them and like, hey, can I go shoot there? Can we make some content? And just being able to showcase these places, especially in this day and age where like times are tough, business is tough, you know, every the econ- economic, everything is terrible. So being able to showcase these places to hopefully get them more money, get them more business, get them more eyeballs over there, um, it helps everybody out at the end of the day. Absolutely. And your videos are so like, so if, if a business wants to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you to be featured on this? You can slide into my DMs on Instagram <laughs> at Dandy in the Bronx. Don't worry, guys. Or, I slid in there. <laughs> that's how we're here. <laughs> uh, or, or more professionally, um, at my email, Diego at DandyInTheBronx.com. I love it because you could have been Dandy in New York. You could have been Dandy no, anywhere. No, true. You're Dandy in the Bronx. You, know, you I, never forget where you came from. I appreciate that. I, and I do get my my other influencer friends always ask me, so Diego, are you going to have to rebrand or something? Because you know, you're doing other stuff. Like, I, yeah, yes, I do other stuff. I've traveled the world, luckily, thanks to my Instagram. I'm able to go visit places. Actually, my latest Instagram post is, going, is featuring the Met Opera. So that was an amazing opportunity to go check that out, all thanks to my Instagram. Like I would not be able to do any of that if it wasn't for my Instagram account. Like, What would you say, thinking about now, um, how many years have you been doing this? Uh, so I quit my job in 2014. Do it. What were you doing? I used to be a preschool teacher. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So in my preschool, um, my kids wore uniforms. So that's why I started getting into fashion because as a Latino male teacher, I felt I should, you know, set up a good example yeah. for them. So I started dressing up, posting about it on social media. People liked it. People started following it. And I was like, oh, you can make money doing this. So, and then I, uh, and now we're here. So you quit in 2014. Yes. From 2014, when you started this to now, what is the, the moment that you would say you're like, oh my God, like this is happening? Like what collaboration or what? So I can tell you right now my first ever uh, quote unquote paid gig that happened. And I remember a company reached out to me because at the time I was, I was always getting free stuff. Like companies were inviting me to parties, inviting me to like, uh, here's just a free tie. Here's a free, whatever. And I was really, really cool. And it's like, let me, let me try this because I know people out there are getting paid for this. So I remember a belt company reached out to me and they were like, Hey, can we send you this belt? And I was like, thanks. But you know, it's gonna cost you, and I, this at the time I charged two hundred and fifty dollars at the time okay. to make content for this belt. And at the time I was like, I'm gonna write you, I'm gonna do an Instagram post, I'm gonna do a blog, I'm gonna do a tweet, I'm gonna do a Snapchat, I'm gonna do. I, I, I gave the entire everything uh, for this, and they agreed. And I was like, Wow, I got paid for this. Now if I if I can do this, like, you know, ten times a month, that's the rent. So I was like, I, I was like, All right, I, let me do this because if I can get one brand to pay me. Who knows what I can do? Yeah. Uh, so that that's when I realized I can monetize this. But um, I had some crazy experiences. I um, I met Ryan Reynolds once. Um, Super cool. That was very very cool. Nice I, guy, right? Nice, amazing guy. Um, I got to go to an event where I got access to an empty Barclay Center to to shoot content in. That was a really cool experience. Um, I went to Italy recently to the Marche region to check out their uh, shoemaking factories. Uh, that was amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, I went. To, like, I went to the Met Opera recently, got to go backstage. Uh, that was really crazy. There's, there's an, an entire city backstage of the Met Opera, which is kind of insane. There's like three floors underneath the Met Opera where they keep all the stages and all like the stuff there. And apparently I learned that they keep all the sets for all the operas in um, cargo crates. Um, an entire like ship lining cargo crate. That's where they they hold yeah. all the the stuff um, for a Met Opera show. Um and uh, yeah, uh, it's 
it's been wild that the opportunities I've been um, given to me thanks to my Instagram account. But that's why I never want to forget the Bronx because, like I said, I would not be here without it. What would your dream or like ultimate goal be? Dream or ultimate professionally. Goal? Professionally. Do you want to be the new Joan Rivers? <laughs> no, I don't want to talk crap about people. You know, I'm not, and I'm not as, I, and I'm not as, uh, you know, as and as witty as her. She's a legend. I can never be as, you know, I couldn't think of things like that off the cuff like that. Uh, but I just want to help people. Um, uh, I would love to have like my own. Not to say my own show per se, but like I've I've been also dabbling on like live streaming as well on Twitch and on YouTube. So I've been doing stuff like that. Um, I've had companies reach out to me like to potentially like do merch or something. So um, I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking about that. But I would love to be more of a personality, more of a face of something, uh, but also be bringing back to the Bronx somehow and also still entertain my audience. Awesome, awesome. Now, I would love, you know, we can talk about this after this holiday season because it's going to be crazy, but I would love to maybe collaborate with you and do an event, like maybe in a shelter or like, you know, dress up some high school seniors for prom. And- Absolutely. I, I I loved, by the way, the, all the clothing drives you have been doing so far because it's been a great opportunity to just get rid of the stuff in my closet because there, <laughs> is, there is, I have a lot, a lot of stuff in my closet that just no longer fit me. Um, my body has changed many times in between, you know, when I first started and today. So a lot of them just need new homes, um, new stories to tell. And that would be an amazing opportunity. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that for 2024 because, you know, I would love to sponsor like maybe 10 boys and send them off to prom looking like 10 dandies walking around. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. (laughs) Looking all fly. Um, So what is your favorite thing about the Bronx overall? And what's one thing that you... that we can change collectively as a borough. So what I'm loving right now about the Bronx is yes, we are we are changing. Um, there's more money coming into the Bronx right now. There is gentrification happening. So like you know, let's be Sorry, real bro. about it. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know, like there's that it is happening, but. Um, I am glad at least that there are people in our own community that are you know at least you know, leading the cause at least, you know, it's always harder when an outsider comes in and starts to just buying up stuff. Like I remember when Brooklyn used to be the scariest borough. Right. I remember when I was, you know, my, when I would go to Brooklyn or my parents would mention Brooklyn, like, no, you're going to, you're going to get shot in Brooklyn. You're going to get stabbed in Brooklyn. Um, and now Brooklyn is like a different planet pretty much, you know, for, for better, or for worse. Yeah, you ask. 5,000 a month for a studio. Yo, Hey, look, some, and Hey, look, if, if that's your lifestyle, then I'm happy for you. If you're, you're making that money good for you uh, but at least in the Bronx right now I feel like they're they're obviously trying to do that let's be frank here they're trying yes. to do that to the Bronx now it's maybe it's taking longer than usual or something maybe they're, they're trying to get there but at least I see more um, people that are from here trying to at least you know, buy in or build businesses here, new coffee shops, new restaurants, new whatever, to take advantage of that new money that eventually will be coming in. And in terms of things to change though, you know, I always tell, when I tell people like, hey, come to the Bronx, I know this cool brunch spot or whatever, they're still scared of the Bronx. They're still, you know, it's too far or whatever. And I think that's good, honestly. I think that's fine because maybe that's better, less people, honestly. Exactly, for real though, still people think that, People still think the Bronx is very dangerous. People think that you're going to get, you know, um, attacked or whatever. And you know, it's funny because when I do my my live show on Twitch, people who are, you know, from either from around the world 
or people who are not from New York, they'll ask me, it's like, is New York City scary? And, um, and I, I always remind them, like, there's always scary parts in any place in the world. Every city has a scary place. Um, it's all about how, if you obviously just go to the right places, be confident, you know, don't make dumb moves. I feel like that's a big thing. Just don't be an idiot out there. Right. Um, but, uh, I, I, I love that the Bronx still has that, you know, quote unquote negative reputation still. And you know, and which is fine because I think we should keep keep riding on that for now. It's like welcome to our borough. Yeah. No, get out. Yeah, get exactly. Out. <laughs> um, what is your favorite restaurant in the Bronx? Um, I always like people I always tell people right now, um, Seis Vecinos has been really good to me. Um, it's this uh, Honduran restaurant, but also features other food from different parts of the world. But I think it's very homey. Um, it's very like warm, it feels very welcoming in there. And uh, where is it? Um, uh, it's around. I you get, get off Jackson Avenue. Like I put in the show notes. I can't remember the exact okay. place right now. Uh, but it's, 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 yeah, take yeah, take the get, take. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like what section is it in? Like get Castle off Hill? Jackson Avenue. Jackson Avenue. Uh, yeah, get off Jackson Avenue and Seis Vecinos. Yeah, Seis Vecinos. Is it right off of Westchester Avenue? Yeah, yeah, off yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up on 147th and Southern Boulevard. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and I, and, I'm, and there's like a fire station right in front of it. Yeah. So yeah, there. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Seis Vecinos is really cool. Um, yeah, and I also have been when I, when other people who are a little bit closer, you know, a little bit more accessible. Um, uh, the chocolate place. Oh, uh, Choco Cortez. Yeah, Choco Cortez. I always mention that place as well. Yeah, Mott yeah. Haven as well uh, for people to visit. But. Uh, the great thing about what I do is I want to showcase more and more restaurants. So if you're listening to this right now and you want to tell me about your place, please let me know because that will give me more things to talk about, more places to show off. Um, I went to a restaurant near uh, Bay Plaza called uh, Sangria Cafe, which is really cool oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. It's yeah. the side of the mall. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, go, go shopping, buy some stuff, and then get yourself a little, a little, little. Exactly. Get yourself a little, little. But the food is good too. I think. <laughs> I think people forget about that. I know people are always thinking about like where to drink, but I'm like, yo, oh, the, food, the, food. Exactly. the food though. Exactly. Yeah, the food is good too. You know, I keep, don't forget about that. Have you done any places around here? Uh, Riverdale. Um, actually, if you want to recommend me some places, put me some connections. I would love to shoot up here, please. You want the mic, Angie? Oh, Damn. No. Tin Marin, right Tin Marin, right here. Tin Marin. Okay, tapas. Okay, they okay. They have dates stuffed with blue cheese and wrapped in bacon. Ooh, that with sounds amazing. Oli. And you like simple empanadas. Their empanadas, for me, are the best up here in this area. Oh, that's great to know. And you know, I'm one of the founders of Riverdale Restaurant Week, along Ooh. with Mikey Reflexes Media. So when well, that time comes... let me know, let me know. Because that's the thing, though, because I feel like there's so many hidden gems there are so in, many. in the Bronx. And, just, and this is why we need you and people like you to showcase them. Exactly. Otherwise, nobody would know. And, and, I, and I love that aspect because once, like, one... When, you know, content creators start shooting there, then other content creators will see it. They might want to come by, and of course, then more more audiences keep seeing it, and of course, that hopefully brings in more money, more eyeballs, you know, more business for those places. But yes, please let me know more about Riverdale. Um, I would love to come up here more. Like I said, I, I, I've only come here like a handful of times, honestly. Uh, I heard there's like a pizza place that's really good around here. I'm not sure, but... Kingsbridge uh, Social or Salvatore. Yeah. Salvatore's was just on some influencers. Okay, okay. So yeah, so yeah. There's the Sam's Pizza, is it? Sam's Pizza is Tracy Morgan's favorite pizza. Oh, interesting. That'd be Tracy little... Morgan lives in Riverdale. Okay, 
Okay, there you go. So like, there you go. Fun facts right there. Yeah. But yeah, so like our borough is vast. It has a ton it of is. different things. My, actually, fun, fun, fun thing. I went to an event at uh, the Botanical Garden way back when, and it was a big influencer event. And there was like other influencers with me there who are not from the Bronx. And it was so crazy for them to learn that they were in the Bronx. They did not know they were in the Bronx when they were in the Botanical Garden. So it's uh, it's a lot of uh, teaching people about that we are here and we have cool stuff. How do you say coffee? Coffee? No, you say it normal, right? Like coffee. Oh, when I'm trying, when I'm trying to be like ultra, like coffee. Yeah, coffee. Yeah, coffee. Coffee. It depends. You, you tell what mode you want me to in. What, I'll code switch depending on what you, want, what you want me to do. And what's here's the most important question because this is every Bronx person's. Where are you going for a bacon, egg, and cheese or a chopped cheese? Oh man, you know the funny thing is, um, I recently did a collaboration with the Bodega Bus, Bodega Truck it was Bodega Truck, I believe. Uh, they're a traveling truck that um, goes around the Bronx and and other boroughs as well, but they're they're mainly based here in the Bronx, and they have really good chopped cheese, and I really enjoy what they doing what they're doing there. They have like these crazy giant portions, like it's the type of chopped cheese that once you eat that, you're pre- you're done for the day, kind of kind of thing, you know. Like, Speak for crazy. yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Look, when you see these, look, when, you, when the bodega, when the bodega truck stops by, I'll, I'll, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. Well, you know, literally, if you need someone, you know, like sidekick, like Batman and Robin to go eat with you. I'll let, Bronx, you, I'll let you know. Girl. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are other things that you want people to know about you? What are some fun facts about Diego? Yeah. So, um, other than being a, a former preschool teacher, um, in I'm also a big nerd. Um, I'm really big into um, like Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, uh, Pokemon, anime, um, all that stuff. I love going to Comic Con, cosplaying. I'm into that. Uh, recently, actually, um, in the, during the pandemic, when a lot of uh, content creators had to stay home, they couldn't like, go outside and make content anymore. Um, I made a pivot to try to make content on Twitch. Now, Twitch, if you're not familiar with, is a live streaming platform. Um, They mostly have gamers on Twitch, but you can technically stream anything on Twitch, but they're mostly known for their gaming content. So I was already playing video games, so I was like, let me stream myself playing video games. So at the time, I started playing like Animal Crossing, um, Pokemon, and just, you know, just trying it out and seeing if I can like build this. And... Um, I started, I think this past March, March of last year, I believe, I started including Pokemon Go into my content. Now, if you're familiar, I don't know if you, remember, you, don't know if you were in the thick of it when Pokemon Go took over the world for a couple of months. I remember people running yeah. in the grass. And- exactly, exactly. So the game is still active. There's still people who play the game. And I... Um, made Pokemon Go part of my show where I will live stream myself playing Pokemon Go while walking around Manhattan, the Bronx, whatever, while just, you know, interacting with what's around me or like talking to my audience, showing showing off points of interest. And that's been doing uh, great so far. Um, we, uh, I'm, I'm partnered now on Twitch. I was recently partnered on YouTube as well. And it's just another way to show off um, the Bronx and New York, you know, being able to just show off cool places and have guests on the show. Um, it's like a it's like a live podcast almost, but with the 
the core of it is playing Pokemon, trying to find rare Pokemon in the city. What is the struggle with this industry that you would say that you want people to know? I think the biggest struggle of the city is uh, I think people need to realize that this is a job, that this does require work, that that this does uh, pay the bills, and this is a type of marketing that um, businesses do find invaluable. Um, It's not just a you know a person just you know taking selfies and being egotistical. Now, yes, there are people who do that. Like you know, there are people who who live that way. But um, for someone like me, at least, like uh, you know, I'm I'm answering emails all the time. I am you know coming to meetings like this, going to shows, uh, editing videos, uh, recording it, uh, visiting these businesses. You know, trying to think of you know business plans, trying to get paid. Of course, you know this this pays my bills. Trying to find the right partnerships where I can you know make money from doing this it's a um, it's a kind of marketing you know like people pay for PR people pay for influencer marketing keyword marketing it's a kind of marketing so um, negotiating with brands you know a lot of companies will want to say hey we send you a free product uh, you know nowadays like a free product is just not enough anymore. In like, the beginning, you were like, "Yeah, yeah, send it." Of right? course, of course. Of course. Yeah. In the beginning, I and if you're if you are listening to this right now and you are an aspiring content creator, influencer, and if you've already received free product, that is great to build up your you know resume. But there is a certain point where you need to, you know find value in your own work, you know, taking photos, you know, making videos, that is time, that is money. So um, when a certain company might reach out to me and say, hey, can we send you, you know, a free thing? Like, is the free thing even valuable to me? Right. Does my, would my audience appreciate this? Would they, you know, find value in that? Would I find my value, would I find value in this product? And then, like, how much time is it gonna take to make this? You know, uh, what kind of video do they want? Do they want a blog? Do they want Instagram? Post? Do they want Instagram stories? Do they want TikToks? Do they want all that stuff? And that t- requires time, and you should be compensated for that time. Uh, if you are just starting off and you're trying to figure out uh, what you should make content with, make content of your own stuff. You know, when I first started, you know, I was make, taking photos of my own outfits. You know, like I was shopping at Banana Republic, and it's like, oh, check out this blazer I got or whatever, and just make an Instagram post about that, and people liked it. So take your own clothing. You don't have to buy new things you know I think people also forget that influencers are our people as well and for an influencer to be successful they have to be vulnerable they have to be authentic they have to be open uh, you know talk about your struggles talk about why you're doing this like why are you even sharing any type of content I start sharing because I loved suits, I loved the Bronx, and I wanted to share that with my with my people. And luckily I was able to find people who liked that message. So I would say that people, people to remember that we're humans and we're trying to pay the bills. <laughs> right, right. And for any potential future clients of yours, um, you do speak fluent Spanish as well? I, I would not say I speak fluent Spanish. But you can get around. I can get around. Yo hablo un poquito español, entiendo, pero hablando perfecto. I don't know. So my husband's Ecuadorian. <laughs> oh, very cool. Uh, pero él no habla español, pero mm. yo sí. Isn't oh, that funny? Wh- that is very, very funny. Yeah, isn't that funny? Where in Ecuador is your family from? Uh, Guayaquil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What's your favorite thing, uh, Ecuadorian cuisine? Uh, yapingacho is my favorite Ecuadorian dish. Uh, yapingacho is um, this dish that features these potato patties with like a peanut butter sauce over yeah. them, with chorizo, with this like uh, like lettuce and like uh, pickled onions on it. Um, yeah, and fried eggs on it. It's one of my favorites. So where are we going? <laughs> yeah, if you're an Ecuadorian restaurant listening to this right now, please call me. Is there any Ecuadorian restaurants in the Bronx that taste like home? So 
Um, I have not tried any yet, so I am still looking for one. If you have any recommendations, please let me know. If you're or if you're listening to this right now, feel free to DM me because I'm open to suggestions. Yeah, I know there's a place my husband says I don't know where it is. Like it's either like Staten Island or something like that, mm-hmm. where you get good. I hear the big Ecuadorian populations in Queens. Queens, yeah, Queens, Queens. yeah, it. Queens is the big place. But um, other than that. Please, if you are listening, enlighten me, please. Is there anything else you would like to share to our listeners today? Um, Other than um, Instagram is where I do all my fashion and lifestyle content, where I show off New York and the Bronx. Um, I have a post right there about the the Met Opera. Actually, if you're listening to this right now, whenever you listen to this, um, drop a emoji. Drop the... The, the, the shirt and tie emoji just so I know that you were listening to this podcast and I'll see who who's out there listening to that oh. and, and whatever post it is I'll be able to I'll be able to see the shirt it. and tie the shirt and tie emoji and then um, if you want to explore the other side of my content my twitch and YouTube channel feature more features more Pokemon and travel content uh, twitch doc, twitch.tv slash dandy in the Bronx youtube.com slash dandy in the Bronx actually dandy in the Bronx on every platform x.com uh, TikTok talk um youtube everything so the fashion lifestyle instagram gaming on twitch and for business inquiries uh, business inquiries um i prefer email diego at dandy in the okay awesome awesome well i want to thank you so much for taking the time to come visit us today and share your story with the community and um we look so we look up to you so much and we look forward <laughs> to future collaborations oh thank you so so much so um thank you so much and until next time community Well, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email me today at laurafourbronx at gmail.com. Join us next time.